My name's Kate, and I'm happy to be here. And you're listening to the podcast. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. Happy to be here. I'm happy to be here, and you're listening to the podcast. Happy to be here. Hi, hello. My name's Kate, and I'm happy to be here. And you're listening to the podcast. Happy to be here. How are we doing? How are we feeling? Feeling okay? Feeling not so okay? If you're not feeling okay, you know, this is a perfect opportunity to do a deep breath with us, as we always do. So we will take a four count in, and then we will hold, and then we'll do a four count out. We'll do a four count inhale now. And then we'll exhale. All right, welcome everyone. This is the first episode of Kate's Corner, which is like so fun. Um, Yeah, so I guess I'll just kind of share why I kind of started this new segment on my show. So recently, I feel like I've just been having a lot of thoughts about like my vulnerability and like how I've kind of closed myself off, I feel like, from a lot of my friends and family. And even on my show, like I do talk about my personal life still, of course, but I just feel like I don't really get into it much anymore. And obviously, you know, there's a line with oversharing, of course, but I feel like I've been self-isolating. And I used to really enjoy doing these uh, solo episodes. I used to call them mini episode with me, which was kind of fun, fun little alliteration. So Kate's Corner, hence now. But yeah, I don't know. I just kind of wanted to challenge myself again and be vulnerable with you guys and just kind of like have some one-on-one time because I used to like love, 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 love doing these. And my first episode actually is just me. And it's funny to think that that's the episode everyone usually listens to first. And that's the first impression they get of this show because like I've changed like so much since that first recording of that episode. And just over the years in general, because I've had this show, oh my gosh, in February oh, excuse me, March, it'll be, oh, Lord, two years. That's crazy to me. And, yeah, I've just changed so much, and I think this new segment, Kate's Corner, kind of pushes me to continue to change and to try new things, and this is going to be a little more structured than many episodes with me, which were fun and endearing, but, you know, I like a structure now, and I I do outlines with all my guests, and that's what we're kind of doing today. So so today I'm going to be kind of talking about, like, wanting to be more vulnerable again and uh, more about that, and then, you know, the ebbs and flows of depression, and then also just kind of feeling uncertain about, like, my life and where I'll be in six months and just kind of how to deal with uncertainties in your 20s or how I'm dealing with it. And then, of course, some funness and some reading. What I'm currently reading right now and what I just finished. And lastly, I saw this on TikTok and I wanted to like do it for my own show. Five books that I can't live without, which is kind of a really challenging question for a librarian and a reader. And I will also tell you guys right now, I am a reader, but I'm not a fast, like a super fast reader. Like if I have all the free time in the world, I could finish a book maybe in like two days. I finished books in like one day before, but I just kind of like to take my time with it. And then my lovely roommate, Hannah, she speed reads so quick. She read a whole book today and then started another book today. So trust me, I will just be sharing the one book I'm currently reading. Nevertheless. So yeah, let's get into it. 
It's really hard for me actually to talk about being vulnerable and being honest because I used to be really open about my life and really honest with how I was feeling and kind of what was going on with me. And then, you know, I've had some things, you know, happen to me in the past like two years, like anyone would. Uh, for starters, I had two friendship breakups, which I've talked about on this podcast and Davida's podcast, The Quarter Life Happy Hour. And at the time when that happened, I started grad school. And so a lot of new things were happening for me. And I feel like I had to process that really quickly. And it really affected uh, how I saw myself, um, unfortunately, because as my therapist said, let people own their shit. So I unfortunately, you know, let all those things they said to me in that friendship breakup kind of affect me and my, the way I saw myself. And so my friendships and just my other relationships were affected. And I became really scared to be open and share things with people again. Um, I think I'm afraid, you know, of thinking that I'm, you know, oversharing or I'm doing too much, or I'm being selfish. And due to that fear, I've kind of shut myself down and not really been super honest with people about how I'm feeling. I just kind of got out of a another kind of depression cycle for me. I have persistent depressive disorder, which means it kind of like comes and goes. It's not like a super intense form of depression. I'm very high functioning, but it does really affect how I'm feeling. And it's never fun for me. And I felt like over the past few months I was doing better. And then my therapist recently told me, you know, there's a difference between like avoiding confronting things and, you know, actually doing better. And I think that's how I kind of approach being vulnerable is I just don't want to do it. <laughs> and so I avoid it and I don't become vulnerable with people. And, and then it's like, then you kind of have this battle of like, oh, you know, no one's asking me how I am. And like, you kind of get into this self-deprecating mode and you feel like that no one really cares. And, you know, all these things that aren't necessarily true, but because you're not being open and vulnerable, or if you're not being honest about your feelings, like, of course, you know, people can't read your mind, which I know rationally, but when you're in, you know, an anxiety state of mind or even a depressed state of mind, it's hard to think rationally. And so now I've, I, you know, that that kind of phase is gone now, and I know it'll come back, unfortunately. I really hope it doesn't, but... I come out of these phases and I'm like, oh, like, you know, that was all in like my head, but it's hard at the time. And it's, and it's really become difficult for me to listen to my, um, intuition and my own judgment. And that's, you know, for a lot of reasons, but when becoming vulnerable and open with people, a lot of that stems from, you know, my own breakups and friendship breakups and just, you know, thinking I'm too much. And you know what? You're never too much. Let me just say this. You as a person, whoever you are listening to this, you are not too much. You are not being, you know, too open with people. You're not, you know, putting people off. And that's because, you know, if they're really your friends and they really care about you and or they're really, you know, their family members who really care about how you're doing, 
they don't see you that way. You know, that's just your own sense of self telling you these things because you're try your brain's trying to protect you. Or maybe, you know, these are things you've heard from other people. People can be very hurtful and also be untrue in the statements they say about you. So just keep that in mind that, you know, if someone says something really hurtful, like, oh, you know, um, you make everything about you, etc., know that that might not be about you. That, you know, obviously, like I said, self-awareness, but sometimes people say that kind of stuff because they don't want to own their own shit, or they're saying that because they do see it in themselves. And, you know, just know that, like, you as a person, you're never too much. And I will try to listen to that own, my own advice. We will see how it goes. <laughs> um, but yeah, so depression, um, you know, a fun little fiery topic to discuss. Like I've kind of been talking about, I never thought I was like a self-isolator. But I am. I kind of have become a self-isolator. And that's just kind of because of my own experiences and things that have happened to me. And, you know, it's not everyone says the right thing. And that's okay. People are human. You know, I don't expect everyone to say the right thing to me. But sometimes, you know, when you get in a certain state, hearing the wrong thing can actually be worse. (laughs) Or at least to me, feel worse. I don't know how other people feel. And this is my podcast, so I can only just talk to you and hope you understand. But, but yeah, and I, I do have, like, my therapist, so I have someone I do feel, like, emotionally safe with who I can talk to. And, you know, it's important, too, to reach out to people if you're really feeling really, you know, down and make sure that, you know, you're safe, of course. But I guess what I'm talking about is not, like, a emergency situation, just of, like, you know, like, I've just been feeling depressed. Like, I, I just don't really, like, I think two people don't really know how to respond to people saying that. And not that you should be honest with, like, your grocery store cashier, but, like, just, you're, you know, it's just even hard for me to tell my friends that. And I just hate making people feel uncomfortable. And that, you know, brings me to you the, the last thing I just discussed of, like, you're never too much and, like, your friends should support you and your family should support you and all those things. But, you know, for me, it's just been really difficult to say that. And so I've been kind of dealing with my own stuff kind of on my own. And it's been really interesting. And I think that's kind of what your 20s are. It's a lot of just, like, you dealing with stuff alone Like, you don't really run to people every time you have a problem or an issue or, you know, like in college, I feel like you had so many people to talk to and just be open about. And in your 20s, you know, you don't really have that ability to just, like, talk to people whenever. People have full-time jobs. People have families. People have their own lives. And so, you know, I feel like your 20s is a lot about dealing with stuff on your own. And that's how it's kind of been for me. I obviously still have a support uh, system and people I reach out to, but I don't really go running to people every time, you know, I'm having a crisis or I'm having a meltdown. I really try to work it out on my own. It's even just hard for me to just like say that I'm feeling depressed. And I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing or a good thing. We'll have to talk about it with Beth, my therapist this week, and we will see. But it's just something I kind of noticed, you know, and I think those things happen a lot in your healing journey and your journey with therapy. 
you kind of go about your life and you start to kind of notice things that you do and you're like, hmm, like I really don't talk to anyone when I'm feeling this way or hmm, like I really haven't been that open and honest with people lately. And it's good to, you know, have that sort of self-awareness and to like learn more things about yourself. Uh, And because sometimes I kind of feel, you know, defeated of like, oh, you know, I'm retreating back into myself. Oh, you know, I, I just feel not good about myself. And, you know, I did this and, you know, blah, 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 blah. But, you know, being aware of it is growth in and of itself. So, you know, take it easy on yourself and I'll try to take it easier on myself in the process. It's funny, I've had a lot of people on my show actually to talk about this topic, like uncertainty in your 20s or just like life after college. And this is my first time I'm ever truly experiencing it. Um, In undergrad, I decided my junior year like that I wanted to go to grad school. And so then I just had a plan. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go to grad school, right? Do the thing. And unfortunately, you know, COVID happened. But I still was like, okay, like, I still have a plan. I'm going to take a year off. I'm going to live at home. I'm going to work basically almost full time. And then I'm going to go back to school. So even during that time of very, like, tumultuousness and very high uncertainty, I still had a plan for myself. And now as I'm approaching graduation, this is the first time I don't have a plan And it's making me really, like, uncomfortable and upset, if I'm being, like, truly honest. I think I've become more irritable and just, like, anxious over the past, like, say maybe two, three months because I just don't know where I'm going to be. And I like to know where I'm going to (laughs) be. And of course, you know, Beth, my, my, my fave therapist, says that that is something I must work on. But, and of course, like, you know, we need to deal with uncertainty in our lives, but it's just like so weird to not have like my life kind of planned. And too, of course, like unexpected things happen. I had a really good networking session with someone from a library and I was like, oh my God, like, what if I get a job here? Like, I'm going to have to like, it's in Brooklyn. I'll just say that. I'm going to have to move to Brooklyn because I'm not going to not take that job. And those kinds of things are like crazy. Like, you know, cause I, you know, I have a loose plan. Like if I, you know, I'll, you know, move back in with my parents if I, you know, need to save up money, maybe blah, 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 blah. But then there, you know, this, the aspect of uncertainty is that like you could get like a crazy opportunity, a really great opportunity that really like is not in your quote unquote loose plan. And that's what's crazy. Like, I truly can make my life what I want it to be. And the decisions I'm making are really going to have a really, like, huge impact on the future of my life. And that's really crazy to think about. Um, You know, even grad school, like, I was like, you know, I'm, like, solidifying my career. I'm choosing to be a librarian and to go into this field. And I'm taking a risk, you know. I'm, I'm doing the work. And... With that came a plan. Okay, go to grad school, do that for two years. And then, you know, obviously I had my specialty picked out, uh, youth services, public librarianship. But then, you know, what comes after that? Obviously working in a public library. But but where? You know, like where do I want to be? 
And I've talked a lot about like moving on my podcast, like moving to new places. And it's crazy that I might also be moving to a new place. So I might have to re-listen to those episodes. But I think uncertainty has always been scary for me. And now I'm getting to a place where it's kind of exciting. And of of course, still so frightening because I, I have anxiety and everything's scary to me. But But it's so exciting to be you know, almost at the end of my graduate program and know that like I can truly go anywhere and that I'm going to be successful and do so many cool things and yeah, just continue to like grow and be a cool person. So yeah, uncertainty scary, but also kind of cool. Is that growth maybe? Speaking of librarianship, I'm going to tell you guys what I'm currently reading. Um, so it's funny, I used to read a lot of theory and a lot of like, you know, intense books, a lot of biographies and in undergrad and I got so burnt out from doing that, like so severely burnt out that I, when I read for fun, for pleasure, I tend to read like really like light books, like romance books, mainly a lot of queer literature, of course. And so right now I'm reading Astrid Parker Doesn't Care by Ashley Herring Blake, I believe. I'm trying to pull it out of my desk. I'm really sitting super comfy with my mic right now. I wish you guys could see. I'm hoping there's not too much feedback from it. But yeah, uh, Astrid Parker Doesn't Fail by Ashley Herring Blake. And it's a sequel to one of my favorite books called Delilah Green Doesn't Care. Um, and truly, it's a beautiful novel, Delilah Green Doesn't Care. Um, it was the first adult sapphic novel I'd ever read. So like, and I'm not gonna lie. I'm going to be honest, you know, I'm going to be real, going to be transparent. There is some S-M-U-T on there. Um, and that was really cool to read in a book. You know, <laughs> seeing your sexuality validated on so many different levels is cool. And, you know, if you're into that, slay, so am I. So, so yeah, I'm reading the sequel right now. And it all kind of takes place in one uh, fictional universe. And it's, you know, this woman, Astrid, who's kind of uptight, as the book describes her, and she very much is. And, you know, she just kind of got out of an engagement. She's feeling very lost. And then, of course, she meets this, like, sexy, butch, uh, lesbian carpenter. And then Miss Astrid has a very real, like, bisexual awakening. But, you know, throughout the book, she's kind of figuring out her sexuality, And I think it's really good representation for people who are kind of figuring out, like, how they identify. And I did relate to some of it, um, because I also suffered from compulsory, yes, suffered from compulsory heterosexuality. But I feel like some of that doesn't need to happen in the middle of of an SMUT scene. That's just my opinion. (laughs) Um, it's It's a good book. It's not the same as Delilah Green doesn't care to me. And I just think Delilah Green doesn't care was really well written and explored just a lot of emotions and things that are not touched upon in this book because obviously they're different characters. But I just I just feel like too, because we didn't really get to know Astrid in the last book, that like some of the stuff in this book we learned about her, like she's a baker. I'm like, I don't remember reading that she liked to bake in the last book. So it's like, uh, you know, it's it's hard for me, I think, to like 
fully love this book. I'm glad I, I own it, actually, and I'm glad I have it. And I'm really trying to just buy any sort of queer book I can and expand my library. I just want to be one of those people that just has books. My friend Tori, who I just had on my show, Tori the Librarian on Instagram, she has like so many books. And actually one of the first few times I hung out with her, she gave me like two books to read. And I was like, I want to be that person. Like I just want to have books that I can like lend people and that people can come to me if they need like queer lit. So, so yeah. Asher Parker doesn't fail. I will let you guys know if I liked it in the next episode. Books I can't live without. Five books I can't live without. This is obviously like a terrible um, question to ask any book lover or reader. And yet here I am doing it to myself. I think too what's interesting about this question, which I did see on TikTok, I guess it's like a pretty basic question, but I don't know. I just didn't, I just thought that'd be good to talk about today. Um, what's interesting about this question is you could kind of take it in a bunch of different ways. Like you could really do just like all fiction if you wanted to, or you could do nonfiction. It really kind of comes down to each person and what they read. I think for me, number one, I think of my, one of my favorite books of all time, um, which is Every Exquisite Thing. It's a YA book, but it doesn't read like a YA book to me. It really reads like an adult book, and I do recommend it to people. It's such a unique, interesting book, and it's really kind of complex, so I feel kind of odd explaining it, but it's this girl who's on a soccer team. She's from a very, like, upper-middle-class family, and, um, she reads this one book that her English teacher gave her called The Bubblegum Reaper and she has this like really huge realization from this book that like she just is not happy with her life and then she kind of has like a huge like personality change and she meets these all, all these people and she just kind of changes you know her life and it gets really crazy and it goes into not crazy and like oh a lot of things happen just a lot of like personal development in the book that's interesting and um also with this book it starts talking in like third person like it's so it's first person and then the last like I'd say third of the book is written in third person and I'd never seen that happen before and it's just a really good book like talks about therapy and a lot of stuff and really just like really loved it and I've read it now three times and I don't really reread books so maybe I'll reread that again when I graduate but yeah so everything every exquisite thing by Matthew Quick another book I can't live without which is like so corny of me but honestly Delilah Green doesn't care I loved that book by Ashley Heron Blake. It really, like, made me cry. And just the romance in it is so beautiful and sweet. And the main character, Delilah, is, like, I really identify with. And it's just, like, a really good book. So, yeah. As Lila Green doesn't care. So, now, if you've noticed, we have three more spots. Which is very interesting. And I'm continuing to look at my, you know, my bookshelf. And I'm thinking about this. And I do have a lot more books at home as well. I think for my third book, I'm going to go with a classic. I'm going to go with The Great Gatsby by uh, F. Scott Fitzgerald. This book really kind of made me realize I enjoy uh, English literature. I enjoy analyzing books. 
And yeah, it really just kind of made me realize that being an English major was right for me and that I was really good at something. It's always really interesting when you're growing up and you realize you're really good at something. Uh, not just in my class, but I remember on my AP exam, it was the, my English literature was the best one I did. And I was just like, wow, like, I'm really good at this. And I've always been a reader. Like, that's just always how I've been. But, and I just, it's a beautifully written book. Like, I know it's really basic, but whatever. But it's just a really beautiful book. And there's a lot of great metaphors in there and symbolism. And I don't know, it just really, you know, makes me think. So, kind of on that same vein, another one of my favorite books that really also changed the way I, you know, thought and I read during my undergrad was um, George Orwell's 1984, which is like, you know, one of the most famous books of all time. I think it does such a good job of just like everything in the book, like surveillance and just like, just like how it's written is just so good and interesting and compelling. And it's just a really great text. I almost want to cheat and say Animal Farm 2, which I both have, like, also kind of really changed the way I thought about the world and how I thought of myself. And, you know, they're both really great books, but I think I'll go with 1984 because it's just a really interesting story. And I think Animal Farm is also really interesting, but that's more, I'd say, like, theory than, like, narrative almost. Like, there's narrative in it, but more, like, theory-based. And my last book might surprise you. It's really random. I, it's, it's really interesting to like reflect and think on it too. It's called A Little Wanting Song. And it was the first book I truly fell in love with, like truly, utterly loved. It was a YA book I found in the library one day at my local public library. And I literally finished it and I'd never sworn in my life. And the first time I swore was I said that was a really fucking good book, which is like kind of lame, but very like um, in the canon of being a librarian. <laughs> and so, yeah, I, I, I loved that book so much. And it really was, it was the first book I read with dual perspectives too. It follows two main girls in the book. And I did a book report on it. And I loved it so much that I actually corresponded with the author for a long time and actually sent her some of my work because I used to want it to be an author. Literally sent her my work in middle school because <laughs> um, I, I wrote, I used to write, like I, I wrote a few books when I was younger. And yeah, so it's just like, it's just like kind of really like kicks, fully kickstarted me into my love of reading as like a young adult because I loved to read when I was a kid too. But yeah, I, I just don't think I could ever part with that book. I've reread that one also. Like, a, I don't even know how many times. A lot. A lot, a lot. And like I said, I don't really reread books. So there you go. And just like that, we are at the end of the first episode of Kate's Corner. Um, yeah, I don't know. I'm, I'm really happy I've started this segment. Like I said, I kind of want to challenge myself and do something new. And... I just really have fun with these episodes and I feel like I'm just like totally fully me and that's how I am on my podcast. I feel like I'm just myself and I don't know. I, I really just enjoy this medium and I really thank you all for listening and, you know, supporting me, you know, whether that's just listening to an episode or, you know, following me on Instagram or just like talking with me and telling me you like the podcast that really means so much to me. 
And I always like it brings me so much joy whenever someone says that. So thank you guys so much for listening. And yeah, I hope you guys tune in next week. That's all I got for you. Bye.